You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 56, Your Child's Core Emotional Needs, Part 1, Connection. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected. This is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hi, Mama, and thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Here in Florida, we are getting ready for Hurricane Dorian, and a lot of people are in a panic. I am not one of those people. (laughs) I don't watch the news, so I just do what I can to be prepared, and then I make it fun. My kids are actually hoping that Dorian comes our way so we can all sleep in the living room together and squeeze into the bathroom downstairs that's our safe room. Speaking of fun things, I want to announce the fourth and final winner of the podcast birthday giveaway. This week's winner titled her review, New Listener. Yay, I love new listeners. Welcome to all the new listeners. This reviewer's name is Amy, and she wrote, I really appreciate the practical advice as well as the encouragement Pam delivers in her podcast. I also enjoy the short length. I appreciate being on point and not needing a lengthy discussion to get your message out there. Sweet. Thank you, Amy. I appreciate you for listening and leaving a review. Congratulations on winning a $100 Amazon gift card. Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com so I can send it to you. This giveaway was so much fun, and I want to thank everyone who left a review to participate. Please keep the reviews coming. I might just do a random giveaway from time to time. You never know. All right, so today is part one of a three-part series called Your Child's Core Emotional Needs. In the late 1970s, a psychology professor and a grad student at the University of Rochester teamed up to research intrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation is when you do something because it's personally rewarding to you. You get a sense of satisfaction, enjoyment, or accomplishment from doing it, so you're motivated from the inside. Extrinsic motivation, on the other hand, involves doing something because you want to earn a reward or avoid a punishment. You're motivated by things outside of you to take action. So these researchers, their names were Edward Dietschy and Richard Ryan, wanted to know why For example, a child might be motivated to clean his room, and not just because he was promised candy if he did, or a spanking if he didn't. This does exist, by the way. My daughters are sometimes intrinsically motivated to clean their rooms. Sometimes. So, Dietschy and Ryan came up with what they called self-determination theory which says that beyond our basic physical needs for survival, such as shelter, food, and water, all humans have three innate psychological needs. When these three needs are satisfied, people are more likely to seek out positive relationships, achieve their goals, 
overcome challenges, and take responsibility for their behavior. As a parent, you play a crucial role in nurturing these needs in your kids. So over the next three episodes, I'm going to explain each of these core needs and why they're important. I'll also talk about how to tell when a need isn't being met and share strategies for how to nurture them in your kids. While it's impossible to support these needs 100% of the time, having this information will hopefully raise your awareness of them so you can parent your kids more effectively and increase the likelihood that they develop self-determination. The first need, and the one I'm going to talk about today, is the need for connection. I've talked about this before on the podcast, that our need to feel connected to others has been important for our survival as a species. Without connection, we wouldn't even have a species. (laughs) You may have heard of John Bowlby's attachment theory, which basically says that an infant needs to develop a bond with at least one parent or familiar caregiver for the child's successful social and emotional development and to learn how to regulate his emotions. According to the theory, the attachment is most likely to form with someone who's responsive to the baby's signals, which is not necessarily the person with whom he spends the most amount of time. The baby then looks to that parent or caregiver for security, comfort, and protection. Psychologist Mary Ainsworth found that toddlers who were securely attached explored their environments freely while their caregivers were present. They usually engaged with strangers, often became visibly upset when their caregivers left, and were generally happy to see their caregivers when they returned. Securely attached children are best able to explore when they know they can return to their secure base who's their caregiver, in times of need. A lack of attachment has been linked to a variety of adverse effects on health, development, and overall well-being. If you're listening to this and saying, but I never knew about this attachment theory, and I probably wasn't as attentive or responsive as I could have been when my kids were infants. Maybe you struggled with postpartum depression or anxiety and didn't emotionally bond with them in those early years. Well, the good news is that it's never too late to start building a meaningful and secure relationship with your child. The more connected your kids feel to you, the better behaved they'll be and the more cooperative they'll be, because the last thing they want is to threaten or lose that connection with you. So how do you know when your child's need for connection isn't being met? There are two ways to tell. The first involves noticing your child's behavior, and the second involves noticing how you yourself feel. Your child probably needs more connection when he engages in attention-seeking behavior or when he's whiny, clingy, and especially needy. Tuning into your own emotions, very often you'll feel irritated or annoyed by his behavior. Yes, it's one of life's little paradoxes. The times you feel the least inspired to connect are the times he's likely to need connection the most. The good news is that you can do some planning and connecting up front to keep your child's connection tank full. When it's on empty, he'll look for any opportunity to get it filled up again. Inevitably, the minute you pick up the phone to call a friend and at bedtime. (laughs) 
Renee Brown defines connection as the energy that is created between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment. It's the need to feel close and understood. To help your child satisfy his need for connection, you can behave in ways that support this need. Developing a warm and positive relationship with your kids actually starts with developing that kind of relationship with yourself. I know that sounds cliche, but when you don't have unconditional positive regard for yourself, you won't truly have it for them either. If you're struggling with this, I recommend you go back and listen to episode 42 on how to stop beating yourself up and start thinking some better, more neutral thoughts about yourself. With your kids, I suggest you start by paying attention to how you relate to them when they first wake up in the morning, when you reunite after school, when you get home from work, and before bedtime. These daily transition times are all great opportunities to connect because you've been apart, or in the case of bedtime, you're about to be asleep. How do you begin your day together with your kids? Do you shout at them to wake up and get out of bed? Do you start telling them what to do and how to do it and discussing the schedule for the day? Or do you take a moment to say, good morning, sweetheart. How did you sleep last night? And maybe snuggle a bit. When you pick them up from school, are you distracted by your phone? Do you immediately ask about their homework or a situation with a friend? Or do you smile a big smile, say hello, and tell them how happy you are to see them? As the late Toni Morrison would ask, do your eyes light up? A pretty basic requirement for supporting your child's need for connection is your presence and involvement in his life. It's not the amount of time you spend with him, but the quality of that time. When you're together, it's important that you're fully mentally present and interested in him that you're available to talk with him about his feelings and problems without becoming emotionally reactive. When he experiences physical or emotional pain, you're there to respond in a comforting and empathic way. Empathy is the ability to identify with your child's feelings by imagining yourself in his situation. This takes practice and doesn't come naturally to everyone. Very often, parents focus on fixing the problem or being right, rather than on showing compassion for what their child is going through. This sets up a dynamic of parent versus child, winner versus loser, right versus wrong. On the other hand, when parents express empathy, the child feels more connected to them because he feels understood. Accepting your child's feelings without trying to change or control them lets him know you're on the same team. When parents express empathy, children become less defensive because they no longer have to protect their right to feel upset. Then they become more open to learning new ways to manage their feelings and are better able to accept behavioral limits and consequences. As Dr. Stephen Covey said, seek first to understand, then to be understood. The last way I'll share to support your child's need for connection is to engage in activities together. Try to spend at least 10 minutes of uninterrupted time a day with your child doing an activity of his choice, within reason, of course. 
You might hear that and think, 10 minutes a day? I'd be lucky to find 10 minutes a week to spend with each of my kids. Or you might think, only 10 minutes? That seems like such a little amount of time. So remember, it's not the quantity, but the quality of time you spend together that matters. If you can spend more than 10 minutes, that's great, but not if you're filled with resentment, guilt, or irritation the entire time. Only you can determine the right amount of time to spend with your kids every day, but decide on purpose and make sure you like your reasons for your decision. When you spend time together, try to choose activities that are interactive rather than just watching TV or playing a video game. Play board games, do arts and crafts, play with toys, or read a story while snuggling. Many parents choose to carve out special time to connect right before bed, especially when they have more than one child. Once they feel positive attention and connection coming from you on a regular basis, they won't feel as much of a need to get your attention in other ways because their connection tanks will be full. And even though teens become more independent and connected to their peers, it's important that you keep your connection with them strong and intact. You can still find opportunities to give teens your undivided attention and do things together that they love to do. It could be going to get your nails done, playing basketball, baking cookies, or going bowling. Activities with the entire family, such as family outings, vacations, and nightly dinners together, are also great for building a sense of connection as a family unit. I want to be clear about something. Your actions will not cause the feeling of connection in your child. His thoughts will. When you show up in ways that consistently support his need for connection, it's more likely that he'll think positive thoughts about himself and about his relationship with you that cause him to feel connected. And when you think thoughts that cause you to feel connected, you'll naturally show up in ways that reflect that. Now, it's super easy to generate that feeling when your kids are behaving and being loving towards you, but earlier I mentioned that the times you feel the least inspired to connect with your kids because they're driving you crazy are usually the times they need it the most. Maintaining your sense of calm and connection during those times can be magical for both of you. When you can take a step back and remind yourself, his behavior right now is trying to tell me something. My child is having a problem, not being a problem. Then you can become curious. You can stop taking the behavior personally, calm down, and try to see the situation from his point of view. It doesn't mean you condone his misbehavior, but you understand where it's coming from. Recently at school, a new student was calling out, getting out of her seat, not following directions, and invading other students' personal space. I could sense the teacher's frustration with her, so I took her aside and said, I notice you're having difficulty following directions. What's going on? She said, I don't want to be here. So I asked, oh, where do you want to be? She told me she wanted to be at home with her mother. Rather than saying something like, well, you'll be back at home with her at three o'clock. Now it's time to focus on school. I said, what would you like to be doing at home with mommy? She said she'd be playing games with her. So I asked, what kind of games? I let her open up and tell me everything that was on her mind, and I validated her feelings, thereby building a connection with her. 
By the end of the conversation, I felt so much love for this little girl that I had literally just met. And at that point, we talked about classroom behavior and expectations and about how proud mommy would be when she got home and told her all about the great day she had had at school. Another example would be if your child hit her brother or sister because they took a toy of hers without asking. You could validate her anger and empathize with her while still letting her know that hitting isn't okay. You can then talk about what is okay when she's feeling angry and how to handle it differently the next time. Because trust me, there will always be a next time. (laughs) But you can see that none of this connection would be possible without you being able to get to a calm and loving place first. That's why knowing these three core needs are going to come in super handy. You'll stop reacting and start asking yourself, okay, what needs aren't being met here and how can I help? As always, I'm here to help you apply all of these concepts to your own life, barring any power outages from the hurricane, of course. So sign up for your free mini session with me at lessdramamoremama.com forward slash mini to find out more and get started. This week, start paying closer attention to how you connect with your kids after you've been apart and notice how they respond. You can do this with your spouse too for extra credit. Focus on being present, listening without judging, and lighting up when they're around. Sometimes the simplest actions yield the most powerful results. Next week, I'll talk about core emotional need number two. Okay, mama, have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.